again, I always ask everybody, you know, when they, when they come into my classes, I always say, one of the questions is, hey, what do you think your biggest challenge in the car business is going to be? And nobody usually comes up with the right answer. It's usually, well, you know, learning the product and, you know, getting used to, you know, the processes. And, you know, those are usually the kind of answers. But the, the correct answer is your biggest challenge is getting in front of enough people. If you can solve that problem, if you can get in front of four people every day, you're going to sell one car a day. You know, just, just by being an average Joe, you're going to sell one car a day. So, you know, the, the question is how do you get in front of four people every day? You got to work, man. You can't, you can't come to the dealership and sit out in the back lot and smoke cigarettes and talk about last night's game. Now, your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the vice president of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome back to America's favorite game show, the Get You Some Radio Show. I'm your host, Terry Lancaster. Now, if you're a regular watcher or viewer of the show or listener of the podcast or you read the blog, you do anything, you know I've had a couple of big-time guests here on the show in the last couple of weeks. You were Ali Rita, the world record holder for a for number of cars sold in a year. We had Frank Kennedy. He's selling a buck ten, a buck twenty a month as well. So these guys are heavy hitters selling a lot of cars. But I've had a, a couple of people reach out to me. Uh, a couple of salespeople go, you know, that's that's great, Terry. I'm really I'm really happy for them. That's awesome. But they've been uh, they've been swinging the bat for you know fifteen twenty years apiece, and my babies are hungry right now. <laughs> How can I sell more cars this month? So I've got today's guest on the show to help our salespeople sell more cars this month, specifically, not necessarily with any magic words, but how to build some relationships and get in front of more people so you can sell more cars this month. We're going to talk about that one salesperson that, uh, that this guy works with sold uh, 30 cars in his first month. So it's possible to be a big hitter right out of the gate. And we're going to talk with Scott Klein about that right after this. Make more friends sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like, and trust, and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like, and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org. Scott, how you doing, brother? Hey, Terry, I'm doing fantastic. I appreciate you having me on the show tonight. Man, man, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I've been watching some of the stuff that you've been doing, watching some of the videos that you've been putting out, and it, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. First of all, like I said, you, I know you work with a handful of stores there in Atlanta, so tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where you do it at. Well, my current title position is corporate sales trainer and recruiter for Automotive Associates of Atlanta here in Metro Atlanta. And we've got, we actually are kind of going through a buy sell right now, Terry. And we've had, we were up to six stores, but the owner is looking to kind of divorce his partner, so to say. So he's had to sell three of the stores. So what we're left with is Nissan of Union City. Uh, Nissan South and Moro and Nissan and Noonan. So those are the three stores that we are are currently 
working with at this point. So again, my primary job is recruiting new salespeople, although I do get involved in, in you know, recruiting techs and service advisors and office personnel. So it's, it, it's really a wide gambit of really any position in the store I kind of get involved in. But I, I really focus more on the sales end of it. And of course, I do all the, the new car sales training for all the new salespeople that come on board. So that's my basic position. Although, and I think I told you this uh, the other day, um, I'm going to be kind of wearing another hat going forward, which I'm going to be doing the digital uh, marketing and, and that aspect as well. So yeah, Joe kinda, juggling, juggling another plate, man. Good on you. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so you, 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 you work with the new guys, you, you, you know, the struggle is real. They got babies to feed. They got mouths to pay. Rent is uh, rent is due and uh, they've That's got, they, they've got to get going right now. And you can talk to them till you're blue in the face about building relationships and, and right. following up and, and being with, you know, you know, getting, getting it every two and three year turn, but they need to sell some cars right now. So let's yep. talk about how they can sell cars right now. And it's possible to be a big hitter right out of the gate. Oh yeah. How does that happen? Yep. No. Well, you know, again, I've, I've been in the business and retail for 35 years and, I, and I've seen and worked with a lot of great salespeople. And I, and I, you know, I've never had the pleasure of working with a Frank or, a, or an Ollie uh, with, with some, someone at those levels of production. But, you know, I've, I've certainly worked with, with a lot of talented people. And I've seen, you know, over the years, I've seen a lot of guys that, that have come out in a short period of time and made a lot of money quickly. I mean, I've, I've seen, I, I can name probably 15 or 20 people that got in the car business and their very first, uh, very first year, they made over $100,000. So, you know, how do you do that? And, and these are guys that, Terry, that when they, when they came in, it wasn't like, you know, they were in another business and they brought their book of business over to the car business, like maybe an insurance guy, you know, he, he sold a lot of insurance. He came into the car business and because he had a lot of contacts, he was able to do that. Um, I'm sure there's guys out there like that, but I'm talking about guys that, that get into the car business with really no car experience and no real selling experience that they could bring in, you know, a book of business. And, and the question is, well, how did they do it, right? Right. Well, it's one word, man. It's one word and it's work. That's it. There's, there's, <laughs> no, there's no substitute for work. And You're, and you're saying there's no easy button. There's no, there's no, Hey, if you're looking for an easy street, this ain't the business to be in, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I always tell people, you know, we don't get paid hourly. We don't get paid a salary. We get paid for producing results. And, you know, and it, it's for some people, it's hard to get their arms around that concept because, you know, a lot of people that do come into the business, they come into the business with that mindset of, well, I just got to show up to work and I'm going to get a paycheck. And you know, as well as I do, yeah. you know, if you've got that mindset, it's not going to work in this environment. You, you got to get out in front of people. And, you know, again, how do you do it fast? You got to, you know, again, I did a video and you might've saw it on a guy that, you know, went through my training class, his first full month in the business, he came out and he sold like 30, I think it was 34 units. And I asked him, Hey man, what was your secret? What'd you do? You know, I was hoping he would have said, well, I had a great sales trainer, but had to be. Yeah, no, he said, here's what I did, man. I, he, and this was March, I think 2012, but you know, March is 31 days. And he said, Hey, I worked every single day in March from the time you guys opened to the time you closed. And I was getting in front of people on a daily basis. He said he talked to three to five people every day. Well, again, do the math. You know, if, if 
you work 31 straight days and you get in front of just say four people, that's like 125 people for the month. And if you just close an average number of 25%, that's going to put you at 30 units. So, you know, again, I always tell people this is, this is a math equation combined with some sales technique and some personality, but it all really starts with the math equation. You have to get in front of people. You have to get in front of people, no matter how you do it, you got to get in front of people. And if you got to work, you know, 12, 13, 14 hour days to do it, then that's what you got to do. But that, you know, and again, I always ask everybody, you know, when they, when they come into my classes, I always say, one of the questions is, Hey, what do you think your biggest challenge in the car business is going to be? And nobody usually comes up with the right answer. It's usually, well, you know, learning the product and, you know, getting used to, you know, the processes and, you know, those are usually the kind of answers, but the, the correct answer is, your biggest challenge is getting in front of enough people. If you can solve that problem, if you can get in front of four people every day, you're going to sell one car a day. You know, just, just by being an average Joe, you're going to sell one car a day. So, you know, the, the, the question is how do you get in front of four people every day? You got to work, man. You can't, you can't come to the dealership and sit out in the back lot and smoke cigarettes and talk about last night's game. You got to be out where the action is and you got to be aggressive and you got to be, you know, on point to be able to get in front of customers. And, and then, you know, when, when maybe you're not at the dealership, maybe you got to be out at a restaurant and, and talk to the waiter or waitress about, Hey, let me ask you a question. What are you driving these days? You know, and get out and start talking to people, but it, it's really, it boils down to work, man. That's what you got to do. And so for the most part, uh, I mean, is the dealership going to give you the four or five people you need to be in front of? Are they going to show up and you just have to be there and, and talk to those four or five people or do you need to go out and find them yourself? Well, you can. I mean, uh, Dar Anthony, the guy that sold 34 his first month, I mean, he might have brought in a couple people, but these were, these were people that were walking into the dealership. So, you know, again, there's, you know, there's, there's salespeople on the floor that are aggressive and there's salespeople on the floor that, on the floor that kind of sit back and watch things happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if you've got a guy or a gal that's real aggressive, they can get in front of a lot of people assuming that they're there and they're putting the time and the effort in, they can get in front of a lot of people if they, if they go after it. So again, it boils down to, it boils down to numbers and it boils down to, you know, work ethic and, and being there. And, and, you know, again, Hey, maybe, maybe your schedule is, you know, nine to five today. Well, you know, if five o'clock rolls around and you haven't talked to somebody, maybe you need to stay until closing time right. so you can get in front of a couple people. And that's, you know, again, that's what makes the difference between, you know, somebody going out there and hustling and somebody going home and not selling anything. So, I mean, so you, 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 you got, you got to work while you're working. That's, that's one of my big things is if you're going to be at work yeah. anyway, you got to show up at the dealership. Yeah. You might as well work. If you, if you're going to go just play on your phone or, or, you know, you know, do play, play games or fantasy football, you might, you might as well stay at home. So, you yeah. know, you, he's working. So, so work while you're working, but what are some other things that you can do right off the bat? If you, if you were going, going back in time and you were going to get started today in sales, how would you, how would you, what, what would you do different? <laughs> Well, you know, again, I did a whole, <laughs> I did a whole uh, Facebook live series on that a couple of weeks ago. And, and one of the things that, you know, I talked about in there, which again, when I got back, when I got in the business back in the 80s, obviously there was no internet, no Facebook, none of that. Yeah. But as you know, and, and I know as well, you know, people are killing it with social media. I mean, Hey, again, what a, 
there's not really a better way to, to get your name out there, to get your face out there, to get your personality out there than doing live videos and, and, and social media. So if, if you want to meet people that are going to be potential customers, hey, you got to go where the fish are, man. And, and, yeah. and in my opinion, you know, social media, Facebook in particular, now I'm not selling. So I'm not using Twitter and I don't use Instagram and I'm not, you know, on Snapchat and all those. But if I was in sales, I would be leveraging all those platforms. You know, YouTube, I'd, I'd have a YouTube channel. I'd have my own website. I'd have all that stuff because again, again, it boils down to numbers. And, and you know, Grant Cardone probably said it best. And, and you know, I'm a big follower of his and, and I've listened to a lot of his stuff. But one of the things that resonates with me that he says is, you know, your biggest problem is obscurity. And it's really true, especially as a salesperson, you just don't know enough people. You know, Ali Rita and Frank Cronetti, you know, one reason they're selling so many cars is because they know so many people. They've got this massive pipeline of people that they've built up over the years and they know so many people. And when these people are ready to buy a car, guess what? Guess who they're calling? Guess who they're going to see? Yeah. And the average salesperson, when they get in the business, you know, again, if I was to ask, you know, someone get in the business, which I do all the time, hey, how big is your pipeline? <laughs> you know, who, how, if, if I had to, if you had to write down every phone number and every email address that you have, how many would you have? You know, and I get answers 50, 75, 100. You know, those guys have thousands and thousands and thousands because, again, they've right. been in business for a long time. So, so, you know, if you, if you, you parachute in, you're, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a young salesperson and you get parachuted in, shooted into a new town. You don't know nobody from nobody or you, right. you, have a, you have a small pipeline. You've never, you know, consciously built up a lot of people. How do you meet a lot of people fast? Well, here's the other thing too. Every store has what's called a CRM, right? Every store's mm -hmm. got a CRM. And, and I look in our CRM and you know, I can go back three or four years and look at people that bought cars three or four years and I can, I can look at the, the, the dashboard, if, if, if that's what you want to call it, of the customer. Now, mm -hmm. again, if, if you go back to, you know, three years ago, they bought the car and then it'll show all the follow-up that's been done the last three years. Well, if our CRM is like anybody else's, and I've, I guarantee it is because I know, you know, part of, part of my job, I've been involved in over a thousand mystery shops since 2009, <laughs> so I know what other dealerships are doing. And if, if, if our CRM looks like a, a, a vacant chest of, you know, non-follow-up with a lot of customers, I'm sure every other store has the same issue. So, hey, one way, if you want to start talking to people, is just go into your CRM and do some data mining. Maybe you got to get a manager to help you access some of this stuff, but everybody's got a, a freaking data mine of, of customers in their CRM. It's just a matter, again, work. You got to go in there and and do a little sifting and, and find customers that either bought cars. They could be customers that bought cars. They could be lost leads. Hey, they're all potential prospects. So, mm -hmm. you know, again, if you, if you want to get in front of people, if I, if I was getting in the business right now and I, you know, again, parachuted into, you know, Timbuktu, Iowa, I don't know a soul. That's probably where I would start is my own dealership CRM because I know there's a ton of opportunities in there. Yeah, I tell everyone uh, when, I'm, when I'm doing my, my training sessions, when I'm talking to salespeople, I tell everyone the biggest problem in the car business and the biggest opportunity in the car business is the fact that 85% of all car buyers say that one year after they bought a car, 
they have no idea what the name of the salesperson who sold them that car is because <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. and, and I, I've I've purchased I've actually purchased two new cars in the last year uh, my wife got one and I got one I've never heard a single word from either one of the salespeople I bought those cars from and and so you know and uh, how many friends of mine have bought a car since then how many people could I have referred them to uh, how many car I've got three daughters you know who's there's there's going to be more cars bought. But I don't, I don't know these people yep. and they don't know me because no one says yep. that out to make the relationship. So how, do, how, do, how does a new salesperson uh, follow up to start getting the new referrals to, uh, to, and the, you know, the referrals to keep the pipeline full? Right. Well, first of all, that number of 85, that number, the number that I read is, was 95. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and, I, and really, to be honest with you, I, when I first looked at that number, I thought, man, that's, that, that number sounds awfully high. You know, 95% or even 85 sounds high as well. But it sounds like a high number. But you know what? Again, from experience, I'm going to tell you, it's low. It's more yeah. than that. It's probably right. 98%. Right. Like you just said, you know, you bought a car, I never heard from the guy. So, and, and again, hey, when I first got, you know, I know Joe's getting some bad press right now because the whole thing with Ollie and, and Joe, right. but, you know, I read his book back when I first, my first month in the business, I read Joe Girard's book, How to Sell Anything to Anybody. And I got a few takeaways out of that book, but one of the takeaways I got was what he used to do was at the beginning of every new month, at the beginning of every new month, what he did was he followed up with all his previous owners from all the way back in time. So it, it actually was kind of easy for me at first because again, I started this my very first month in the business. And, and I, you know, my first month I sold average, you know, I probably sold 10 or 11 cars, but the beginning of the second month, I followed up with all 10 or 11 of those people, you know, phone call or, or wrote them a letter. And every month from that point on, at the beginning of every month, I followed up with everybody I sold and again, at first it wasn't that bad, you know, 10, 20, 30, but I got promoted in 18 months and, <laughs> and right before I got promoted, cause I was still doing it, man, I was on point and it was working in 18 months. I was already, you know, a good amount of repeat and referral business, but I was doing all this stuff myself and, you know, 18 months down the road, it was taking me like three or four days to do all that follow-up. It was really getting to be a job. Yeah. So I could see where an assistant would come in, but you know, and again, I, I, you know, because of Facebook and, and you know this as well, you can communicate with a lot of different salespeople all over the place. And I can tell just by the communication that even guys that are in the business for a while, they don't even, they, they don't really follow up that much. Some of them do, you know, there's exceptions to the rule, but a lot of them aren't following up on a consistent basis with their owners. And right. you got to, man. I mean, you know, again, you look at what Joe did and you look at all these guys selling a lot of cars, they're all following up with their owners. And one reason why they're selling the cars is because of the follow-up they're doing. You, you, you just brought up that 18 months in, and this, this is, this is the story I've, I've been in and I've been dancing around the car business for 35 years. And uh, this is the story that I always see. So a new guy, a new uh, salesperson comes in and if they've, if they've got a good pulse and can fog a mirror on a consistent basis, <laughs> then they'll stick around the dealership. And if you can stick around the dealership for a year or two, yeah. They're going to take you, grab you, pull you off the floor, and, and give you a management job. Most of the time. Most, most of the, floor, the time. Yeah. And, and yeah. Every, everyone's all excited about that, that, hey, you know, now I'm a manager. I get to go home, yeah. tell my wife I got a promotion. Yeah. I'm the manager. Everybody's yeah. happy. But I've heard you say that, you know, if that's not exactly what you want to be doing, it may not be the best thing to do. Yeah, well, you got, you know, again, when I first got promoted, I, 
I didn't really have a why, you know, it was, it, I, in fact, I actually turned down two promotions prior to getting promoted the third time. And they basically said to me the third time, they said, Hey man, we've asked you twice and you turned us down twice. We're not asking you again. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm not sure I like the way you said that. And I, said, <laughs> you know, and I got weak and I said, okay, I'll take it. But you know, again, I kind of look back and wonder, you know, what if I wouldn't have, and you know, where would I be today? Who knows? But, uh, you know, management is not everything it's cracked up to be because, you know, let's face it, you're, when you get into management, you're, you're literally a foot out the door. You know, you're really 12 inches from getting a ham sandwich and a roadmap and sirenara. And yeah. that's, that's really not a good place to be, you know, especially if you, you started off in a store and you were in sales and you, you know, you built up a clientele and maybe you've been there three or four years and then all of a sudden, you know, they give you the ax, you know, now what you go back on the floor or you look for another job. And, so, you know, management's not really all it's cracked up to be. I, I, you know, I came to the conclusion that my idea of getting into management should be twofold. Number one, you want to be the next Rick Hendrick and, yeah. and have, you know, a hundred different franchises and, and be the next billionaire. Or, you know, you want to get into management because you want to build teams and you want to help grow people. That's really your job as a manager, in my opinion, is, you know, to bring people in grow them, take a guy that's selling eight cars and get them to 12 and 15 and 20. That's really your job. And if you do that well, you'll, you'll be and you'll grow and you'll move up the ladder to uh, owner someday. But uh, management is one of those things where it's not all it's cracked up to be. Because like I'm sure Ollie or Frank could do if they wanted to, they could say, hey boss, I'm taking off the first two weeks of the month. I'll see you on the 15th. Right. And they'll say, hey, hey, see you when you get back, man. But if you're, if you're a manager, you're not going to do that. You're not going to have a job. So there's definitely some advantages to staying in sales. Yeah, I, I can't tell you the number of managers and, and general managers and even dealer principals sometimes that I've spoken to that said, if I knew now what I didn't know then, uh, yeah. you know, and especially with the tools that we have available now for staying in touch with people and for building right. the book of business that, you know, I can sit back in, in, in my desk on the floor and I can, you know, crank out. Yep. Who, who knows how many sales and without with 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 a pretty good uh, less pretty good bit of less hassle. Oh yeah, no question. But yes, there's definitely advantages to staying in sales, and, and you know there's advantages going to management. You just you just gotta you know each person has to kind of weigh the the pros and the cons, and you know what's your ultimate what's your ultimate goal in, in either one. So. I've, uh, I've, I've listened to you uh, talk a little bit about a couple different things, but one of the greatest things I've heard you talk about is that there's really two different kinds of customers. And uh, if, you're, if you're sitting on the floor selling and whether you're a new guy or an old guy or a new young lady or an old young lady and you, uh, you, you know how long you've been there, there's two kinds of customers. That's the kind of customer that the, the dealership is bringing in. That's the ones right. who are, who are apply, applying for leads over yeah. on the internet or, or they're yeah. just walking in the door and they don't know nobody for nobody. And there's the type of customers that you bring in. Tell us right. the difference between those two types of customers and how that affects you know, your job and your income. Yeah, well, you know, there's, it's huge. I mean, you got, you got the 20 percenters and you got the 80 percenters. Which one would you rather deal with? Most people would rather deal with the 80 percenters, right? Because yeah. your 80 percenters are your repeat owners, your uh, referrals, your bird dogs, your orphan owners. You know, those are all your people out of your service department. Those are all your 80 percenters. They're all going to, you know, eight out of 10 of those people are, are going to buy a car from you. Maybe it's a little less, but you get the point. The 20 percenters are all dealer generated. They're the internet ups, they're the phone ups, they're the walk-ins. And the problem with most salespeople is they focus on the wrong group. They focus on the people walking in the door, not 
the repeats, not the referrals, not the bird dogs, not the you know self promotion, your own marketing, and you know all the other people that are going to close at a higher ratio. And I always ask everybody, why is that? Well, yeah. because it takes work, man. It takes work. You know, it's easy to show up at the dealership and stand out on the point or hang out by the internet department or hang out by the receptionist. And if she gets a phone call, hey, let's swing it over to me. That's, that's really pretty easy. But at the end of the day, you're talking to a 20 percenter. And in my opinion, the 20 percenters brain damage, man. I mean, you know, they're the ones that are upside down in their car. They're the ones that don't have any credit. They're the ones that don't like you. They don't trust you. It takes a long time to, you know, build that up. Whereas, you know, a repeat and referral, hey, you've already sold them a car. You've already established the relationship. Again, it's just, it, it, it doesn't make sense to spend all your time and effort on people that are walking through the door when you could spend, you know, a lot of time and effort up front because it is, it takes a lot of time and effort up front. But then after you get it to a certain point, you're on cruise control, man. And uh, that's really where the business gets easy. But again, a lot of people just don't want to put in that four-letter word of work to get it to that point. And that's where the challenge comes from. And, and the, the sweet part is, Ali Rita and Frank Renetti both told me this, that they can close their people four times faster than they can close a stranger. And uh, oh, yeah. and, and that, so that allows them to, to, to work with more people. But more importantly, if, you, if you're closing people four times faster, the people like it better because nobody wants to spend oh, more yeah. time at a dealership. So that it makes everybody happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, number one reason people don't like buying cars takes too long. So yeah, you're killing several birds with one stone there. And uh, again, it just, it, it's just hard to get salespeople to buy into that. You know, again, my, <laughs> it, it's not my favorite saying, but it is, you know, you know, I know you've heard it, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You know, I, I can, I can tell my salespeople, man, I, I can tell them how to get to the promised land. Right. I can show them how to get there, but I can't, I can't make them actually walk through the, the, the last corridor to get there. They, yeah. they have to do that themselves. And that's, that's where the work comes in. And that's right. where, you know, a lot of times things fall off and it just doesn't happen. I tell I tell you one thing. Speaking speaking about the customer experience and the the speed with which people are buying and and how they like buying a car. You're the only. I, I talk to a lot of salespeople. I talk to a lot of sales trainers. Talk to a lot of authors and marketers and and the whole nine yards. You're the only person that I've ever seen give this one piece of advice. And I, and I thought it was genius. You said that uh, one of the first things every uh, salesperson ought to think about doing is is going to take an acting class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never well, heard anybody say that before. How yeah. did, have, have you have you talked to anybody into doing that? Is the question? <laughs> no, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I just came up with that idea probably in the last couple of years. I mean, it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't something that I had been thinking about for a long time. Again, it's you know, I've been in the business thirty five years. I've never been a vendor, by the way. I've never been on that side. So I've been I've been in stores and I've been in all these positions for that amount of time. And it gives me a, a whole different perspective maybe than some of the other guys that, you know, been around the business for a long time, but really haven't spent the time in the stores. And I don't know, this idea came to me a year or two ago and I was thinking, man, you know what? Acting is a very important part of this puzzle because, you know, when somebody comes in, you know, we all have garbage going on at home. We all got, you know, bills aren't getting paid or kids sick or, you know, there's drama going on. You know, the thing is, when, when you get in front of a customer, you got to somehow flip the switch and, and turn all that stuff out and you got to perform, man. I mean, people want to feel good. Let's face it. You know, 
guys like Jay Leno and Johnny Carson being old school here, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know the new guys out there, but you know, why do people spend money to go to see these performers? Because at the end of the day, they make them feel good. Mm-hmm. And we got to make our customers feel good. And, and you know, Hey, you got to put on a performance in my opinion. Like I said, if I was getting back in the car business or if I was getting in the car business, I would certainly entertain taking some lessons, going on YouTube, getting, you know, finding some techniques, reading some books because it is, it's a performance and you know, you want to put on a show, man, because let's face it, people aren't going to come in and tell you they want to see a show, but if you can put on one, I'm telling you right now, it's going to help you close deals. Well, if you, if you can't talk anyone into taking acting classes, I know here in Nashville, they have improv classes. We do the exactly the same thing. Teach, uh-huh. yourself, teach yourselves folks right. to, to think on their feet. And yep. I'm a big fan of the Toastmasters organization. Yep. Toastmasters, yep. where you, yep. know, you just get used to being up in front of people and talking yep. you know, for 10, 15 minutes because you have to and, and you learning yep. to keep people's attention. So it does yep. the same thing. So, uh, so I, I, I push people toward Toastmasters whenever I can. Or start doing Facebook live videos. I, or start, <laughs> you know, I, had, I had, a, had a salesperson that uh, in a store I'm working with uh, uh, this week and I, you know, I happy again, having trouble leading the horses to the water. And I, uh-huh. I just finally, I gra- grabbed one of the guys and just challenged him. Hey, start tomorrow, go out and do seven lives in a row. Seven, you know, seven, seven, uh, Facebook lives start uh-huh. tomorrow and, uh, just, just see what makes, you know, and you find out that you didn't die when you do it. That's, that's right. Exactly. Nope, nobody ever died from going to shoot a Facebook live video. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but I've, I've found that, you know, after you do them for a little while, it's like you start craving that, that energy. Cause there, yeah. there is a certain amount of energy when, when you do a video, in my opinion, anyway, yeah. when I, when I, when I, and that's why I like doing live stuff. I don't like doing the uh, recorded stuff because I don't like going back there and having to cut out and edit and all that stuff. I just want to turn on the thing, uh, turn the phone on, yeah. hit the live button, and do it, and and it's done, man. But yeah. it, there, there's a there's a there's a certain amount of energy that that goes. It's, it's almost like selling a car, really. It's almost yeah. like selling a car. It's the same similar kind of energy. And if you do a bunch of live stuff and then you don't do it for a three or four days, it's like, man, I got to go back and get that live energy going again. Get that man. juice, baby. Everybody <laughs> yeah. wants the juice. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this. I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot. This is the only time I put you on the spot. I promise everyone that if they watch the show, they'll listen to the show for half hour, you know, every week that they'll walk away with one thing that they can put into action today. Uh, you know, tomorrow, as soon as they put down the phone, they can start doing this thing to sell more cars, to sell whatever it is they're selling this month so that they can pay the rent this month. What's your one action step? All right. So here it is real quick. And this was something that I revealed on the 10 things that I would do if I got back in the business today. And and I know, again, I'm sure there's an exception to the rule. I always say that there's an exception to every rule except one, by the way, but uh, there's probably a couple guys out there doing this, but the majority of salespeople aren't. And again, one of the biggest problems that, that salespeople have because you know, we're in a commission-based environment there, and, and most stores don't have a lot of direction. You know, there's your desk, there's your phone, go make it happen. And now you got eight or nine hours to kind of figure things out. The, the, the problem that creates is, is just the, the lack of taking any kind of action. It's like you just kind of freeze. And, and the problem is there's just no direction. So here's my, here's my tip on how to, how to rectify that is to get an accountability partner. And again, because of social media, the guy doesn't have to be in your store. You know, you might have another 10 or 12 salespeople in your store and they're like, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And back in the 80s, if I was 
you know, wanting an accountability partner and, and they weren't in my store, I'd, I'd have a hard time finding one. But right. now because of social media and all these Facebook, you know, car groups, it'd be real easy to find somebody that say, Hey Terry, tell you what, man, let's, let's you and me, we're going to be each other's accountability partner. And each day we're going to touch base and each day we're going to write out what we're going to try to accomplish this day. And then tomorrow when we talk, we're going to go over our list and see how we did. Yeah. And you hold me accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. And by doing that, you're going to take more action. You're going to be accountable for what you said you were going to do. And now you got somebody that's going to push and pull you. So that's my piece of advice. Get somebody to help you stay accountable, stay on track, you know, write out your daily actions of what you want to do every day. Hey, how many phone calls are you going to make tomorrow? How many emails are you going to send out tomorrow? How many cards are you going to pass out tomorrow? How many flyers are you going to uh, send out tomorrow? How many Facebook posts are you going to do tomorrow? Those are all things that I would write out as my action list. And then my accountability partner, when we talk tomorrow, hey, Terry, how many calls did you make yesterday? Well, I only made 10. Why'd you make 10? Because I sold two cars, man. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, if, if you didn't sell any cars, well, now we have to have a conversation of what's going on. Why'd you only make 10 calls? What were you doing? You know, so right there. Have an accountability partner. Your managers aren't going to do it and, you know, get somebody to work with you and you're going to help each other out both in your goals. Fantastic. Scott, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they reach out to you? How would they come to work for you? What, how, how, where are you? How can they find you? Well, Facebook's probably the easiest uh, platform. Um, Scott.Klein524, I think is my, fa my uh, Facebook uh, page. Scott.Klein, K-L-E-I-N, 524. Um, I can give you my phone number real quick, which is 470-316-6959. So either you're way. All, you're always looking for salespeople in and around Atlanta, yeah? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, always. And, 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 always and, maybe, for, and maybe technicians? <laughs> technicians, service advisors, you name it, man. Any, anybody look. Hey, the car business is, is a great industry. It doesn't matter where you want to come in at. I mean, we've got... Our, our comptroller right now at our um, Nissan store in Union City, she started out as a receptionist about wow. 10 or 12 years ago. I mean, we've got some great stories of, of people that are, have been with us for a long time. But, you know, again, a lot of them started out in a, in a you know, uh, an hourly, you know, minimum wage position. And now they're, you know, like Kristen, she's, you know, comptroller making six figures and, uh, you know, started out small and she's now big. So the car business, I always tell everybody, the car business is a breeding ground for opportunity. And you just got to get in it, learn the basics and stay with one store and move up. And hey, you could be the next owner, man. All right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. We'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, Terry. Appreciate it. Be good. Thanks. You too. Get you some radio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at TerryLancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.